All right. Cue the theme music. But we don't have theme music. So <laughs> hi. <laughs> my name is Michael Massey. Um, my partner, friend, colleague, Dr. Rob Pape is here with me today. And Rob, we are recording right at this moment our 11th podcast, Double Hockey Sticks. Isn't that cool? It's really, it's, it's <laughs> shocking. It's and it's probably there's laws against it, but. Yeah, I mean, it's largely unnecessary, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're doing it from, from uh, south of the border and you know, yeah. the laws down there are a little, <laughs> down a little different, so. They're a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the cool thing that I've noticed, and I think you have too, our last three have been very good. I mean, if I may say so myself, I'm biased, but uh, they're good because we had guests and they've been downloaded more than all the other ones. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a testament or a indictment that maybe we should always have guests <laughs> instead of just being the two of us. But so far, so good. Uh, it's worked out really well up until now. Uh, and let's not, let's hope our, our guest today does not let us down, <laughs> carries the torch forward <laughs> with regard to quality. Oh, we I should no stop d- now. <laughs> I have no doubt that's going to happen. It's going to be okay. Um, so without further ado, our guest today is Dr. David Wiedemeyer. Uh, some call him the Sultan of the Soul. Some call him the Master of the Metatarsal. Some call him the Pharaoh of the Foot. But David is, uh, as we see. I thought, I thought you were going to say the Pharaoh of the Phalanges. Well, I could have, oh. that would have went, gone way better, but, you know, I scribbled this in a pencil on the way here. So that's the best I could do right now. How you doing, so, guys? Hi, David. Hello. Um, as a brief introduction, I guess we could say that David is not only a chiropractor, but he's a certified podorthist. Is that right? That's, that's correct. Term. Um, David runs a, a little thing called Soul Lucian's Lab in California, and I'm probably going to oversimplify, but you make custom orthotics, right? Correct. And so David is an expert, and that's why we have him here today. We have a lot of things to talk about with regard to the feet, when and how to analyze them, um, you know, current trends and information that's out there with regard to foot mechanics and, and analysis. And so we're going to turn him loose and let you learn more about the foot from the guy who knows him better than anybody. Hi, David. Hello again. Hello there. <laughs> Greetings from <laughs> sunny Southern California. Yeah, great. Sun is shining. No, how are the fires out there? Good. Uh, they're not good. I'm I'm no. not anywhere near them. I'm in uh, well, the south part of Orange County, California. So, uh, yeah, it's not going well. Unfortunately, that's our cross to bear out here. Crispy, dry, drought-ridden forest. So, but. Yeah. On the upside, you know, we're healthy, we're alive, and right. my business is surviving despite all we've all been through uh, in the last year and a half. So, hope you guys are well and everyone out there listening. So, give us a little introduction of your own. Um, mm-hmm. I think I kind of skimmed across the surface, but I mean, this is your thing. This is your stuff. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I think people will be tired of hearing my bio, but uh, as I do more and more of these podcasts, but I was a chiropractor in practice for decades in Costa Mesa, California. I grew up right next door in Newport Beach and went to Cleveland Chiropractic uh, uh, College in Los Angeles, which you know now is 
contracted to only the Kansas City campus. But um, early on, I had some changes in my practice due to laws like work comp changing. And so I just I found more time on my hands and was going through for several years a problem with my own foot and started looking into orthotics and uh, tried a couple to help me out. A couple of different things. We'll go into that and found my a huge interest in pedal biomechanics, not something that I think chiropractic is either taught didactically in the college or that is a big part of our training. So I had to go look for it. And in the process of doing that, I was really fortunate to meet some really very big name podiatrists and researchers uh, who are published and who speak all over the world. And it just led me down this path. And uh, I eventually sought pedorthic certification. And a pedorth is defined, we're, we're trained in how to assess and manufacture and deliver orthotics for physicians. And I think they originally, it was created by uh, orthopedic foot and ankle specialists. But I think more and more podiatrists started not only getting the training for themselves, because you got to realize that on the, on the East Coast, the training, the learning is, is, doesn't seem to be as uh, prominent as it is on the West Coast where it originated. But the bottom line, I found a huge interest in it and picked it apart for many years on my own. And I can tell you it's, it's a rabbit hole. A lot of good stuff, a lot of interesting and questionable stuff. But overall, what I learned, I think it, it, my goal now is to package and teach the profession or relate to them. I hate to use the word teach. It's not, it's not that I'm the most knowledgeable guy out there. It's that I have training and stand on the shoulders of some very, very smart people. And eventually it got me in with the orthopedists. And so the foot and ankle orthos were sending me that they were sending me diabetics. There's a specific bill in Medicare that affords them footwear and custom insoles or possibly even prefab insoles for diabetics every year. So I've done a lot of stuff that most chiropractors would go, really? <laughs> and anyway, back to you, or I'll, I'll just keep well, going. So let me, I want to boil this down a little bit because I'm a simpleton. Um, as they say, explain it to me like I'm a third grader. Why are the feet important to a chiropractic practice or a chiropractic patient or a chiropractor in general? Well, not only are there certain pathologies in the foot that you can find uh, that cause low back pain and specifically an SI joint pain, et cetera, uh, can be knee pain, hip pain. Gait is very important. And it's something that even I overlooked early on. And if you think about it for a second, years ago, I had a patient come in and I was watching him walk and I noticed he was contracting, holding his right or his left arm kind of stiff against the body, shortening up his steps and they were becoming more narrow. I sent him to a neurologist. Turns out he had early Parkinson's. So learning about gait, and I don't think learning about it in the way that I see it out there in chiropractic. But learning about it is just like any, any other diagnostic tool. It's very important. From there, if there's an alteration in gait that's not that dramatic, uh, we can influence the foot with orthotics, with rehabilitation and exercises and drills 
and they're not mutually exclusive. They work together. So when I mean, we talk about things like kinetic chain, we talk about things like Rob does in quadrant analysis about the interrelationships of, of body parts. So certainly if the foot isn't right, nothing's going to be right above it, right? And the knee's going to function, function wrong. The hip might respond incorrectly. Then you get SI joint, low back, all the way up to the head if you have to, right? Mm-hmm. So is this, is this the focus? Is this make sure the, the foundation is the best it can be? Or is it looking for pathological conditions in the foot more prevalently than, than, than just looking for a foundational change? It could be both. And especially the way a lot of chiropractors practice, I have no problem with intervening early. Let's take, let's take childhood or a pediatric flat foot. Very common around the age of seven, children's arches should develop naturally when they don't. I mean, I'm not in a big rush to put children into an orthotic and shoe full time. I think they should have periods of barefoot. If it doesn't develop and you're seeing genuvalgum, you're seeing pain in adolescent patients, we should intervene. And it's very effective. Uh, The problem is a lot of the stuff on the market is not as specific as I would make or prescribe for those children. But uh, yeah, I I think that uh, there's a time to intervene early. There's also a focus, a lot of, you know, it's a question I'm sure you'll get to. A lot of people ask, when is it more important or when should you uh, start with a over-the-counter orthotic versus a custom orthotic? And that question is very broad. A lot of times, and especially uh, with regard to plantar fasciitis and the Landorf study, And if I mention any studies here and people want the links to that or the studies, I I will provide that to you guys for them. But the bottom line is that when you know that there's pathology, when you can spot it, when you've been trained in it, you're more likely to use a custom because very few over-the-counter items provide that kind of correction or influence. So what you're saying... Rob, go ahead. Thank you, sir. Uh, so what I hear you saying is it does require a certain amount of understanding of foot mechanics and foot pathology to know when it is appropriate to go sort of custom versus uh, something you could just get off the shelf. Is that, is that what you're, you're, you're saying to us, big guy? Well, yeah. Think about Let's say a patient comes in and, you know, we mentioned pediatric flat foot in an adult that can lead eventually and, you know, overpronation or hyperpronation is a term we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And I can go into that later, but that's not always the case. There can be oversupination and overpronation when, what phase of gait, what phase should we be pronating at? Uh, certainly at heel off, you have a compensatory supination of the foot and then pronation again to get all the weight on that or about 60% of the weight on the hallux to push off. So if you're seeing over pronation at that phase at heel off, you have a problem. So watching the gait, then you look at the morphology of the foot. You know, if they have a decent arch, uh, in standing or weight bearing or mid stance, but I, I mean, excuse me, a non-weight bearing, but then at mid stance, they have a really flat foot and they're older and it's getting flatter and flatter. And then it can lead to what we call acquired adult flat foot. 
AAFD. So okay, I used to get a, a lot of... Mm-hmm. Can I cut you off here? Because you're getting technical. Okay. And, and, and you're already above my head. Right. Um, and so I'm betting you're going to be above ask the, most, ask, most people. Ask, so, so, here, so here's the question uh, that, that immediately comes to me. You're, you're, you obviously have a lot of knowledge on this, and mm-hmm. there's obviously a need for us to upgrade our knowledge as a profession. Mm-hmm. How can we do that? Where are you providing a course that will? Ah, okay. Uh, you know, like I want to, I want to seg into how can we get better at this rather than how can we listen to you talk about a thing that we don't understand, even okay. though we want to understand it. Yeah, it's really difficult for me at times to realize the level I should be talking at. So, good, good point. Ask the question again. How do we learn this stuff? How much do we need to learn? How difficult is, is it to learn it? How much time? How much energy? How much money? Uh, you know, because if we need to upskill to understand the difference between, um, you know, going to a, you know, one of the big companies that provides something that is, you know, let's face it, these big companies, I think we all kind of know they're, what they're providing is a very generic product. And the right. generic product might work for some people some of the times. How do we know whether like, how, how do we get the training to know the difference between, oh, well, I could just give them, you know, Dr. Scholl's or something off uh, over the counter or one of the big companies that we have in chiropractic versus they need something very specific for them that's bespoke, that is custom, that mm-hmm. I, need, I need to go to, to, to Dave Wiedemeyer and solutions for. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the big question here for us as practitioners is how do I know the difference? How do I get to the knowledge to know the difference so that I can put this into, into, into practice uh, at some point in the, in the near future. Well, as you guys know, I had uh, begun to set up seminars because I believe that with a minor upgrade chiropractors who are very uh, uh, versed in biomechanics could adapt to the pedal biomechanics. So I started uh, getting courses together and unfortunately, COVID killed that. And so we're going to start up again. Let's hope, you know, we're going to stay open and move on. The courses will be a very A to Z, uh, one and a half day training. First day, eight hours of classroom. Second day, four hours of hands-on learning how to cast feet. Uh, the appropriate exam. Um, I'll provide your listeners with a sheet that will look like gibberish at first. But here's how I tried to approach it since, since I couldn't get out there and train people. Um, I'm very accessible and open. I spend all my mornings talking to doctors. And they have the same questions I did when I first uh, endeavored to learn about this. So it's not that I'm some guru or uh, all-knowing person. I learn this from other people if I can learn it as a chiropractor chiropractors can learn. It's all going to come down to how I, how well I present it and make it digestible for DCs. And I think we have that covered. So the bottom line, what we see out there in the market is a lot of marketing. It's a, it's a, you know, Hey Dave, I want to order your orthotics. Well, why, you know, what, what for, I would rather have less sales and have chiropractors specifically understanding the subject 
maybe just using me as a consult. A lot of them can just check a box and not fill out much on the exam form because we don't know how to fill out prescriptions. I get the cast. I talk to the doctor, talk about their case, and then make the recommendations. It's kind of like when you go in and, and, you know, we have different techniques, we have different ways of doing things. And they all, a lot of them are very effective, at least the ones I learned in school. It's the same with orthotics. Um, there are things you can do to those shells, materials that will influence the kinetics of the, and the kinematics of the body. So bottom line, I'm going to try my best to bring this out there and travel a lot for a year and give these seminars inexpensively, very comprehensively, and get get us a you know big upgrade. Does that get to your point, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I my guess is that uh, this this information is something that will translate very easily, like you said, to chiropractors. They're just not um, they're just not presented it in school. Mm-hmm. Or in, I mean, like I've taken a lot of, of uh, postgraduate courses in extremity uh, mechanics. I've studied extremity mechanics on my own pretty thoroughly. I feel like I understand uh, pedal mechanics and, and lower extremity and gait mechanics better than the average human being. And I still want to take your course because I know there's stuff that you know that would absolutely benefit my patients. And so I'm really excited about that. I I think that this is going to be an easy way for chiropractors to upskill and help people that they probably aren't helping. Like there's always those cases, right. That are just recalcitrant Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, we, we, we throw everything we know at them. We try everything. We go through all our, you know, we take all our arrows out of our, out of our quiver and, and we, we shoot them all and we're, we're make some progress and then it backtracks and make some progress and it backtracks. We're all looking for the, the, the next thing that might be appropriate. I feel like this is one of those things that is a big blind spot for us professionally. And what we've had, uh, and, and this is just my opinion, but what, what we've had professionally that has been presented to us are the things that are available in terms of you know the commercial aspect of orthotics, it's so yeah. far to say the least. And I don't. You that's know. that's something I could uh, I could expound upon for days. Right. I just think we could just agree on the fact that it's it's subpar, and we probably need to be doing at least somewhat better, if not a lot better. And that's why I'm excited mm-hmm. about what you're doing because. You're a chiropractor, you, un- you speak chiropractic, you understand chiropractic, and you live between these two worlds. So you're able to now be able to present to us in this very digestible form a way that we can become better at gait and, and foot and lower extremity mechanics and know when to send for a bespoke custom orthotic versus, oh, you know what, just, just put some pads in there and let's see what happens. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I've looked at just about everything out there. I know players in the game, labs, most of the laboratories uh, cater to podiatrists, orthotists, and pet orthists, not chiropractors. What we have instead is large companies who market what I think are kind of ridiculous claims. You know, let, let, 
can I go into the three arch myth, that transverse metatarsal arch myth? I just have to get it. I need to get it off my chest because that's, that's one of the big marketing pieces is that uh, orthotics support all three arches of the foot. And they talk about the foot as a tripod, as if Mm -hmm. everyone strike, you know, in standing has a point of contact with the heel, the first ray and the third and the fifth ray, like a tripod. Mm-hmm. And so that would intone that there is a metatarsal arch transversely across the metatarsal heads. Can you picture mm-hmm. that? Absolutely. It's, it's just not true. I, yeah, I was taught that. I was taught that back in the day. Yeah. Well, and and my whole thing is just being as honest. You know, you guys know what I'm about. I just like to be as as precise and honest as I can. And mm-hmm. I have a list of about eight studies going way back to a couple of guys like Houston, a guy named Houston that was a orthopedic uh, specialist who did a lot of studies. And I've read, I've got a whole compendium of, of foot studies that I've read and that I like to draw upon. Well, Houston is the one that really stands out because what he found is they did pressure plate analysis on the pedal part of the foot, on the uh, plantar aspect. And what they measured was how much pressure was being placed on each metatarsal head. And what they found and what the, all the other studies that I can reference found was that there is a function, there is a, a, uh, there's pressure being applied to the ground by each metatarsal head. So it kind of blows apart the myth that there is a tri- foot tripod. I don't agree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. except in what we call cavus feet, you know, which are typically very high arch, sometimes rigid feet, which is a little rarer. No, it's a lot rarer. And so if that's your marketing, how much are you really adding to helping the profession understand it? If that's what's being taught, and there's a lot of these. Well, let me ask you another um, one then. Let me ask you another one. Um, because I, I see a lot of people, um, they talk, they want to talk about, you know, just train the plantar intrinsics and, and that solves everything and that orthotics uh, end up being a crutch and weaken feet. So there's this, there's this circular argument about, well, we need to strengthen versus weaken. And, and uh, I, I, we only have about three minutes left on this. Uh, How many? Part of our, about three minutes left on this okay. part. So I just want to let you know, and we're going to go out and then we're going to come back in. There's going to be a part two to this sucker. Um, but I want you to speak to that, this, this, this back and forth that you see online about people who are going, you just have to exercise the intrinsics and, and orthotics are a crutch. That seems like a very short-sighted, narrow view to me. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think? What's your take on that? Well, it's a belief, but the planner intrinsics, and we may have to go into this in part two, because the planner intrinsics, if you look at them, they do have a function. There's a study by Kelly that is kind of, well, it's groundbreaking. And what we found from this, or what he found and his associates from the study, what is the role of the planner intrinsics? Well, they don't cross any joints that produce significant motion. So it's not like a PT muscle that's, you know, the major determinant of your arch. It's just an assist. It assists the plantar uh, fascia and the PT muscle, et cetera, the more impactful elements that 
determine our arch height and deformation during loading. So what do the plantar intrinsics do? They're not even active during mid-stance. Think about that for a minute. So mid-stance is what, 60% of gait or should be? So if they're not, if they're only active at heel off and into push toe off to propel us, how important are they? And I think they're given way too much importance. It's a buzzword. It's kind of like when we had barefoot, when we had, you know, different fads in the profession and a lot of professions. Okay. Let me cut, let me cut you off there. Cause I feel like that's a good place to stop for this part. And then we'll pick it okay. up again in part two. Join us in part okay. two, everyone.